Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in outfit. everyone and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and back with me as always is Sam Chung. Hello. I think I might have jinxed us last time. I know because now we are actually self-isolating. Not by choice. It's kind of like been thrown upon us by our employers, but yeah. We have shut ourselves off from the rest of the world, essentially. Correct. Coronavirus is here. Stay inside. Please. Don't cough on people. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Watch Lizzie McGuire. And <laughs> and most importantly, watch Lizzie McGuire so that you can then tune into this podcast and watch with us. Correct. We are on... Day three of our self-isolation, work-from-home situation. So apologies in advance if the next few recordings get a little weird. We're going to be spending a lot of time together. That'll be fine. (laughs) But as you also mentioned in the last podcast, we have plenty of time for the podcast now. That's true. Um, and, and you have plenty of time to catch up and follow along. Yeah. I mean, we've done five episodes, so how many do I have left? Like 60? Yes. There are 65 episodes plus the movie. Oh my God. Plus the movie. There's only (laughs) one movie, right? I haven't been like duped into thinking that there was one movie and then there's actually like three movies. No, unfortunately. Because there was one movie and then they made a second movie and then they were like, But the second movie is actually just the first part of the third movie. No, unfortunately, there is only one movie. Okay, good. So today we are going to be talking about episode 106, Jack of All Trades. In this episode, Gordo is convinced that his science teacher is out to get him, leaving him doomed to a life as a blackjack dealer. The career his aptitude test has predicted for him. This episode aired on February 23rd, 2001. Yes, and this episode had some problematic elements to it. Yes, yes. The Matt storyline does not age well. I know. Look at me like last, or I guess two episodes ago, we were like, where's the Matt story? And now I'm like, no more Matt stories, please. Yes, this is not the one we wanted. Yeah, this one was bad. Should we talk a little bit about it from the top? There's so many aspects about it. Like, there's the whole demeanor, the whole appropriation of it, the outfit aspect of it, which I'm sure we can talk about. And all of it was not great. Yeah, so basically, Matt decides that he wants to be called M-Dog. He doesn't want to be called Matt anymore. And from there, we get a whole B-plot appropriating black culture yeah he talks about wearing a do-rag which then his mom says how about we make that into a don't rag it's just all very cringy definitely would not fly today no no and the whole family feeds into it yeah no, no one's like hey don't do this it's a little bit racist right like the the family like the parents in particular are definitely like We don't want you to call yourself that, but not because of the problematic elements. It's just like they they just go along with it. Yeah. And I mean, this and it's and it's portrayed as a good parenting moment. This I disagree with that. It's not really a great parenting moment. Like there's definitely a hard lesson that can be taken from this that the parents just totally gloss, not even gloss over, just blatantly ignore 
Yeah, and this is probably the most of every of everything we've watched so far, just like from its time. Nobody thought anything of it in 2001, but watching it now is just so horrendous to see in a children's show. For sure. And this school, I feel like, also has a diversity problem. Correct. Especially for, you say they're in L.A.? Presumably. Presumably in L.A. Like, I've, I think I've seen maybe, like, one black person. It's that girl that, like, follows Kate around as, like, part of her posse. Yeah, and I can't even think of what her name is. I don't off. think they've given her a name. I think it's Claire. Claire, her name is Claire. Her name is Claire. She hasn't said anything in the six episodes that we've watched. She says something eventually. Um, it becomes a bigger problem when we get introduced to one of Matt's friends, Lanny, in a later episode also. We're going to have a lot of not great things to say there. Oh, what? wonderful. Cannot wait for that. Basically, I don't think that this is a spoiler. Matt's friend is a black child and his whole the whole joke of his character is that he is mute. He never says anything the entire series and he's in many, many episodes, many, many subplots to come. And the whole idea is like Matt just knows what he's saying and speaks for him. That's a little weird. It's really weird. He, so he's like the teller of that pen and teller duo. Yeah, and maybe that was the inspiration, but like the optics are just not good. Yeah, all about the optics. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well. On that note, let's do what we do. Let's start from the top. We just wanted to talk about and bring up the Matt situation from the get-go. Just kind of like state our stance on that. We'll mention the arc throughout the episode like we always do, but it felt particularly important to just get the cringe out there from the jump. Agreed. Cool. So we start this episode in science class with Mr. Pettis, the teacher that we were first introduced to in episode three, When Moms Attack. Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda are in class, and Mr. Pettis is handing out a worksheet to them and it's just telling them to write what they feel and that there is no wrong answer and we find out that they are taking a career aptitude test yes and it's like a scantron career aptitude test which i found to be very interesting because this means that like somebody is actually going to have to go through and process all of these manually right unless it goes into a machine like when we did our career aptitude test in middle school, it was all online and we all went to a website at the same time and filled it out together. But because of that, it was very easy to kind of tailor your career aptitude test to the career that you already thought that you wanted. So this career aptitude test sounds kind of just like teacher hazing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I never really thought about the logistics of how it's all calculated. If not Mr. Pettis, then one of the faculty is taking all of these career aptitude tests, looking at the little bubbles and being like, just randomly throwing out careers. <laughs> like, dentist, <No>. zoologist. <laughs> but it goes through a scantron because Mr. Pettis gives the gives the spiel about how to do a scantron, about filling in the bubbles, and this annoys everyone. They have a lot to say. Yeah, but he didn't do all the choices. He didn't do the one that's like, you fill in the bubble, but then you fill in outside the bubble too. <laughs> he only says, don't do a check, don't do an X, fill in the box completely. But there's so many choices. Yeah, there's so many ways to mess up a Scantron. There's so many ways. And we see, you know, the beginnings of there's this like tense moment between Gordo and Mr. Pettis. Yeah, they butt heads the entire episode. Correct. Have you ever butt heads with a teacher? Butted heads? I think it's butted. Butted heads? Um, yes, but out of an abundance of caution, in case they are listening to this, I don't want to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a situation as well in middle school. <laughs> are you gonna Are you going to talk about it, or are you also going to use an abundance of caution? I may get into it as the episode goes along. <laughs> I don't know. I really feel for Gordo here. But I was also I was also Gordo in many ways, and 
looking back on it, I'm just like, why did you care so much? But that's just, that was just me. Yeah. Gordo seems on track to be valedictorian of his class. Correct. That seems to be where this is all headed. We never know for sure, but presumably, yes. And as former valedictorians ourselves, we can relate. Yeah, back to the the whole test thing. So Miranda says that as long as one of the uh, choices is backup singer, then she's gold. Does she not want to be a highlighted singer? She just wants to be a backup singer? That seems like nobody's dream. You know, I respect that, though. (laughs) That's such a low, I feel like that's such a low goal for yourself. No, because maybe she just doesn't want the spotlight. Like, maybe she, you know, there's Beyonce and then there's Michelle. Maybe maybe Miranda's more of a Michelle. Yeah, but then, you know, Michelle doesn't want to be Michelle. That's why Michelle goes on the Masked Singer. (laughs) But Michelle gets to have, like, a relatively normal life and Beyonce does not. Yeah, but does Michelle get to have a normal life or has to have a normal life? (laughs) As someone who is afraid of that level of fame, especially after watching Miss Americana, I respect Miranda's backup singing dreams. I don't know. I just feel like she could aim a little bit higher if she applied herself, maybe. (laughs) Agree to disagree. So then we cut to theme song, and then after the theme song, we are still in school We're now in the hallway after class, and they are talking about the potential results of their aptitude test. Yeah, and we get, I feel like at first we get another really kind of like judgy moment. Like It seems like judging the other students is just a pastime for (laughs) Lizzie, Miranda, and Gordo, because Gordo is calling out all these like wannabe Bill Gates people, but he's like, but they actually won't be. They'll be like flipping burgers or whatever. (laughs) I mean... Did we all not judge everyone in middle school, in all fairness? I, I don't know that to th- to this degree where you would choose to self-isolate yourself that much. <laughs> hey, jumping on the self-isolation. <laughs> yeah, they were self-isolating <laughs> before it was cool. <laughs> oh, too soon. Too soon. Gordo's worried about the results of his aptitude test, a little, a little nervous, And Lizzie and Miranda are really, like, hyping him up. Like, don't worry. You can do anything you want. You get straight A's. As if getting straight A's is the barometer for being able to do anything. That's exactly how that works. If you get straight A's, then you can choose your career, how much money you make, who your friends are. You have control over your entire life. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) But Gordo's like, actually... I don't get straight A's. Miss, and we find out that Mr. Pettis has been giving Gordo B's and his straight A streak is over. Yeah, and we get a call back to the dead frog, which apparently was alive when Gordo put it into Mr. Pettis's pocket. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't think that's the problem. I told you it was dead. You were like, it hopped away. <laughs> <laughs> This is literal proof literal that it was proof. dead. Dead it was frog. Very dead. dead frog confirmed. Um, Lizzie is really shook about Gordo's bee. She like needs a minute to process it and says, if Gordo doesn't even get an A in science, what hope is there for the rest of us? And Gordo is pondering why Mr. Pettis wouldn't like him and asks the girls if they would tell him if there was any reason why a teacher wouldn't like him, such as having an infected pimple, or if there was like this twin appendage growing out of his shoulder, or a unibrow. And only to the unibrow do Lizzie and Miranda go, ew. Which, yeah, that's the worst of the three options. I would have for been sure. ew straight from the pimple. Yeah. And infected, that's pretty gross. Yeah, but that's not a reason why a teacher wouldn't like you. Yeah, his face is just too much. <laughs> yeah, none of these reasons are, are reasons why a teacher no, would like you. not at all. Like, are you condescending? A little bit, especially at the end there. <laughs> yeah, are you, are you entitled? Also a little also bit. Also a little bit. The unibrow would be the last thing. Yeah, I think it's more of a personality issue. 100%. Cool. So after that scene, we jump to Lizzie's house 
and we find out about Sam and Joe McGuire's previous aptitude experience. Yeah, um, apparently Lizzie's mom, Joe, took the career aptitude test, and it told her that she was supposed to be a rock and roll diva with a shoe collection. A world-renowned shoe collection. A world-renowned shoe collection. Oh, sorry. My bad. To which Lizzie responds, you gave all of that up for us, mom? (laughs) See, that is what Miranda should be aiming for. Why would you just want to be a backup singer when you can be a rock and roll diva? True. And then Sam says that his show that he has untapped mechanical abilities. Yeah, so is he an engineer? Have we cracked it? Is that his career? But it's untapped. Well, it was untapped at the time. He was like 12. No, but then the follow-up to that is about his incapability of putting a microwave cart together. So not an engineer. So not an engineer. Uh, We'll never find out. We'll never know. And then this is the point in which Matt has his announcement. That he doesn't want to be called Matt anymore. He wants to be M-Dog. Because there are four guys in his class named Matt, and he wants to stand out. And, like, I'm cool with the idea. I, I, I see where he's coming from. I'm not opposed to, like, differentiating yourself in some way. Like, for the first time in my adult life, I work closely with another person named Marissa. We need a way to differentiate each other because we report to the same boss. Therefore, boohoo, you have the same name as somebody. I mean, (laughs) your life is so hard. This is a new for the first time in your life. You have the same name as somebody else in the vicinity as you. Okay, this is a new experience for me, Sam. New experience for you. It's like something that happens (laughs) routinely for everybody else. You know how many Sams were in my class all the time? Yeah, what was the highest number of Sams in one class? Um, Sam, not that much, actually. It usually was most, sometimes two, but. It used, it used to be na- people like Chris, Matt, uh, David. Michael. They'd usually, yeah, Michael too. There'd be a couple Michaels. Yeah. Those are the, the those I feel like are the main kind of okay, names. So There'd be why? multiple like Christina's, multiple Haley's, multiple Britney's. Jessica. Jessica. Yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, there's definitely names that pop up more than once. But yeah, so sorry for you that this is such a, a, a hardship that you face. Okay, I'm. <laughs> very attached to my name in a way that I believe I'm the only person who has that name sometimes, which is objectively false. not true. But my point is that I see the logic in differentiating yourself from the other people with your name. But like, there's another way. There is. It's because this is this feels like more than just differentiating himself because it's also the whole appropriation thing. Correct. And so, and it's unclear whether. He wants to be Eminem or he wants to be Snoop Dogg? A little bit of both? I mean, I think that, I think Snoop Dogg is more on par. I mean, M Dog, Snoop Dogg. I guess, but then they directly call Eminem out later. So I think he has a little bit of soul searching to do with his newfound identity. I mean, Eminem would be a better choice in all fairness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in this, we do get the good, lo- the fairly. <laughs> good line where sam says that we should have named him dylan to which matt replies there are seven dylans <laughs> yeah that's a that's a high, that's a high. never um, were there seven people with the same name in one class but yeah matt says he's going for something cool street hipper and then as if this isn't bad enough lizzie then goes on to suggest an indian name which is just no. Yeah. Although I did appreciate one of the one of the names that she suggested was falls off his razor. <laughs> Which is funny, but like also like it's just Also you can't do that. He, but like the name is funny. <laughs> no, but it's like you take If only because we've been talking a little bit about razors recently un, in an unrelated moment. It's true. <laughs> Sam really wants a razor scooter. Just think how efficiently I'd be able to move around New York City, especially now everybody's at home. But, like, just in general, I'd be able to get places at least twice as fast. Yeah, now that they're saying, I mean, now we're isolating, but before we were isolating, we were told by the mayor of our city to walk or bike 
to work if we could. Yeah, walk or bike to like, yeah, I'm going to walk six miles <laughs> yeah. to get to my office. Like unrealistic, but if I had a razor. <laughs> but if you had a racer. <laughs> Different story altogether. Yeah. Would I need a helmet? You know, yes. You always need a helmet. For a razor? For anything, yes. How, it's not like, a, how fast can you go? You're going, like. If you're going 10, downhill. 10 miles an hour. Eh. You need a, you know, in this city, you need, you need a helmet. We're getting off track. Sorry. Reel it um, in, reel it in. But yeah, I don't know. Like, Lizzie, like, we're already dealing with the appropriation of a marginalized group of people. And then Lizzie takes it to a place of like an even more marginalized group of people. Yeah. It's shocking. Just like the casual kind of like stereotypes that were thrown around. Mm-hmm. And racism. Back then that you didn't really notice. I feel like watching as a six year old, but you're much more acutely uh, aware of now. Yeah, and it, it just, it's it's so disappointing to see these things in this show because I wonder, like, what kids were internalizing from that or maybe what I was internalizing from that at that age. Totally, and, like, just the, the way that it continues to portray these stereotypes and just perpetuate them. I mean, if you want to get into black culture, put black people on your show in a like complex, nuanced black characters. Don't do this. Moving on. We are back at school. Lizzie and Gordo and Miranda are anxious to find out what grades they got on their term paper on dolphins. Lizzie says at their lockers, hurry up. My bangs are growing out faster than you're moving, which is one of my new favorite lines as bangs are a part of my identity to this day. Will I be using this one-liner in the future? Most likely. It's a wordy one-liner though. Yeah, but I like it. <laughs> okay. Gordo's kind of um and kind of like resigned, right? Like he's what's the point? Like I know it's going to be a B. To which Miranda calls Gordo the Tiger Woods of term papers. Yeah, uh <laughs> a comparison that has not aged <laughs> well over time. Correct. <laughs> Um, And Gordo's just so convinced um, throughout this episode that Mr. Pettis is the problem. He just hates him. It it can't have anything to do with Gordo himself. Except it could because of the dead frog. (laughs) Like we can always bring it back to the dead frog. Dead frog. Which Uh, like you do that to somebody. It's not like they're just going to forget that. So we get to class and... Lizzie's dolphin paper got a B plus and she's really psyched about that. It's a great job, Lizzie. And then Gordo gets a B. Lizzie takes the term paper, like rifles through it and goes, there must be a mistake. This is an A plus paper. At this point, you do think that there is some sort of conspiracy here. Gordo clearly did more work than Lizzie did, but then got a lower grade. And it's also like... I don't know about you, but what grade are they in now? I want to say seventh. They're in seventh grade and they're doing papers about dolphins. I did a manatee project in, well, I guess that was in sixth grade. But did grade. everybody in your class also do a manatee project? No, we all had a different animal. Exactly. This is a this is an unrealistic assignment. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, that's getting into the weeds. In seventh grade science, uh, we were... I don't know, learning about like cellular respiration, you know, just like peristalsis, all that fun stuff. The brain assignment felt a little more on par. The brain assignment was on par as as late as like uh, chemist or psychology class in high school. We were doing brain projects. Yeah, model brains. Weird jump from dolphins to brains. Yeah, the human brain. <laughs> but I digress. So after the grades... We're back at home where, like, once again, Matt will only be called M-Dog. He won't answer to any other name. Yeah, if you call him Matt, he'll ignore you. Correct, and that's what he does. This is the point in the episode where he asks if he can wear a do-rag. He's dressed a little bit. It is a little bit like Eminem from 8 Mile. So Matt's leaving to try to go to school, and he's interrupted by Joe and Lizzie. And he turns around. And he's got on a sweatshirt that's 
three or four sizes too large for him. Uh, but he's also rolled the sleeves up on the said sweatshirt so that they are uh, at about his biceps. Underneath the sweatshirt, he's wearing kind of like a yellow basketball jersey and a huge belt for really no reason. It's uh, not a look that I would recommend for him. Me either. It's also of note that from this moment forward, every time Matt enters a scene, the same, I guess, public domain hip-hop music starts playing in the background. Another choice that was made. At this point, he doesn't have his do-rag. He pulls it out uh, a little bit later, and he tries to put it on, and just not really feeling this. No, not at all. Joe tells Matt to go change, which is objectively a good move, but, like, this would be the moment where you're like, child, you are appropriating another culture, and that's just, like, that's just, like, not addressed. Look, I feel like the the outfit itself is probably, like, fine. Like, he doesn't necessarily have to change. It's when he tries to put on the do-rag that's a little bit like, okay, you've taken this a little bit too far. Yeah. But, like, you know, the outfit in itself isn't necessarily anything offensive or appropriatory because it's literally just, like, a sweatshirt that's too it's big for him. It's just too large clothing. Yeah. That's just, like, a poor life choice. It's just... <laughs> but not inherently offensive. Okay, I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. It devolves. It just... Yeah, it's the devolution. Yes. But he did get a vanity plate for his bike. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Ugh, okay, onward. (laughs) Back at school, Mr. Pettis introduces a project on the brain, and he makes some lame brain joke, and Lizzie fake laughs because she is a people pleaser. Yeah, she's a suck-up. You mean (laughs) suck-up. She's a suck-up. A people pleaser. Suck-up. They are awaiting the results of their career aptitude tests, and Lizzie is kind of anxious about it. She has no clue what she wants to do, which checks out. Yeah, that's consistent with the last episode that we saw. (laughs) She has no talents, and she has no idea what she wants to do. But she says that she just wants to live in a nice place, be able to travel, and still have time for the twins. So I guess she's planning that IVF. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really something you could really plan otherwise. Yeah. Kind Kind of out there statement. Very specific. Uh, Miranda just wants to make a lot of money. I respect that. Yep, which won't happen as a backup singer, (laughs) let me tell you. If she's the main singer, maybe. Backup singer, nice try. (laughs) And Gordo is like, I thought you were all about following your passions. And To which Miranda says, one of my passions is money, which, again, respect that. Gordo also tells Lizzie that maybe to achieve her dream, She could marry into the royal family, which I'm sure seemed very outrageous at the time. But hey. (laughs) Anything can happen. (laughs) It could happen. She'd quickly be forced to move to Canada, but it could happen. (laughs) Too soon. Too soon. (laughs) But the results are in, and they are all over the place. Miranda is a Navy SEAL. Lizzie is a cosmetologist. And Gordo is a blackjack dealer. And Gordo is like... I, I did it. I flunked an unflunkable test. It's not <laughs> it was never a test. It's never a test, and it's not a. It's not something that like you flunked. These are like weird choices to be on a career aptitude test, though. That's another reason why I suspect it was just one teacher just randomly, randomly <laughs> handing out careers. I'm sure that that is like probably the teacher prank of the year when they do these career aptitude tests, and they're like, hmm. How can we just confuse these students as much as possible? I know it's career aptitude test day. Everybody fill out your career aptitude test. Time to give every 12-year-old in the school an existential crisis. You, you will be a horticulture expert. You will be a minor league pitcher. Not a major league pitcher, but a minor league pitcher. Yeah, so this cuts to the three of them still processing these results. Um over the phone on a three-way call. Miranda is not down to be a Navy SEAL, mostly because she does not want to get her hair wet for a living. I respect that. Yeah, that's a very minor part of being a Navy SEAL. Yeah, not at all. 
Can I just say? Not at all. Like, being a Navy SEAL is like... like the, uh, the takedown of Osama bin Laden. They didn't, like, run through a waterfall <laughs> and then go take down Osama bin Laden. She's worried about a very minor part of the job. Yeah. Which anybody at any time could get their hair wet. She's also, like, like trivializing. honestly, Lizzie is more likely to get her hair wet as a cosmetologist than she is as a Navy SEAL. Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of trivializing one of the most, like... I guess, courageous and heroic and most difficult jobs that a person can aspire to have. She should be happy that Navy SEAL turned out. It's also unclear how much of their ambitions were factored into this test, which I feel like was something that was factored in when I took a career aptitude test. Because it's like, what could she have possibly filled out that made the career aptitude test think, oh, Navy SEAL? You know, I'm getting more and more on board with your your random theory. It's not a random theory. It's based in... No, like the theory that this was all random. Not oh, that your theory be, is random. It had to be all random. You think Lizzie filled out that she likes people? She hates people. <laughs> like what would the crew, what could she have filled out that the crew aptitude test would be like, yeah, you should be a cosmetologist. Well, Lizzie likes to French braid hair, as she says. That wouldn't be on the test. Who knows what's <laughs> like, on the test? We need to get past the test. Like, I'm, like there's no question that's like, hmm, do you like to French braid hair? Yeah. <laughs> that's not on the career aptitude test. We're going down a rabbit hole. Gordo says, as, as Lizzie and Miranda are discussing their result, Gordo cuts in and says, hey, Monica and Rachel, can we talk about something besides that? Yeah, good one. <laughs> to which he means, let's talk about me. Which they do. This episode's all about Gordo. All about Gordo. That des- the, the description was all about Gordo. That's how you know. Then it cuts to, we're still at Lizzie's house, and she's working on her brain project. The marker runs out when she's almost done, as it always does. I relate to that. And she is... Looking for more markers. Matt is dancing in the living room. Um, sorry, I mean M Dog is dancing in the living room. This is where, like I said, his his whole this whole arc devolves very quickly. He has like giant headphones on, and he's just kind of like, you know, dancing around to rap music, and it's just it's just bad. Yeah, I don't think we need to beat the bush much more. Yeah, so, on this. Um, yeah, the only thing here really is Lizzie needs the marker that Matt has. She asks if he can pass it to her. He does not want to. Um, she threatens to tell people about his action figure sheets. If he doesn't, he throws the marker. Lizzie catches it remarkably, like this one-handed catch snag um then goes on to say much love bro peace which is not great my note is ugh yep that checks out and that transitions to uh movie night yes where sam and joe agree to honor matt's wishes but there's a catch yeah uh sam wants to be called dd and joe wants to be called mew mew correct because apparently these were the names that Matt called his parents as a baby before he could like fully pronounce mom and dad. Basically, the whole point of this is we're gonna get to get at it from your level. Like you want to be called something, now we want to be called something, and you have to call us it all the time. To which Matt realizes that it's probably going to be embarrassing calling his mother and father Dee Dee and Mew Mew in public. And that's how they deal with their 10-year-old appropriating. You know what? Not the worst idea that either of them have had. I mean... This plan was better than Joe trying to gaslight her son. (laughs) It's a low bar. Or Sam trying to literally murder his son with his terrible cooking. So, you know, upper tier of plans that they've hatched six episodes through the series. That's fair. And from there, we are back um, in Lizzie's bedroom. She's on the phone with Gordo, and they are talking about the brain project. 
And Gordo has a scheme. He's been working really hard on this project. And he knows that it's doomed to get a B because Mr. Pettis hates him. So his plan to prove that is he wants Lizzie to put her name on the project so that it gets the A plus that it deserves. And Lizzie is a little bit reluctant. She says she'll think about it. Yes, she needs a second to process. So then the next day at school, Lizzie and Miranda are um, kind of, you know, scoping out each other's brain projects. <laughs> so they get to school and Miranda has a plan to get out of being a Navy SEAL. And she says her plan is to say that she can't swim. I think that Miranda thinks that her <laughs> aptitude test said that she would be an actual SEAL. <laughs> Like, Miranda doesn't understand what a Navy SEAL is. She heard Navy SEAL and was like, I'm not a SEAL. <laughs> like, what? Oh, my God. That makes so much sense. It, sounds like, it makes so much sense, but it's so dumb. Oh, poor Miranda. <laughs> oh, that was a good, that was a good catch. Lizzie's brain project is, you know, a standard, like, poster situation. Miranda's is something similar. Yeah, straight up, Lizzie did, like... Uh, a B minus project. Yeah. <laughs> like, it looks like there was kind of no effort put into her project. A lot of coloring. Yeah, a lot of coloring. Um, Gordo shows up and he doesn't have his because it's so big it doesn't fit in his locker. So it's hanging out in the custodial closet. No explanation of why Gordo has access to the, to the custodial closet. But I digress. He still wants Lizzie to go through with his plan. Still upset about the blackjack dealer thing. He's like, eh, I don't need straight A's if I'm just going to be a blackjack dealer. You can take my brain. Get the A. And he leads them to the closet. And we see that Gordo made this like wild, goopy looking electric brain. Yeah, it's very well crafted. It looks like it's made out of like gelatin. But then there's also like lights inside. And when I looked at this brain, my first thought was, this doesn't look like an A-plus project. There's no labels anywhere. I don't know. It just didn't feel like an A-plus brain to me. It felt like there were some aspects of the brain missing. kind of just looked like a brain. But it lights up. And you would each- only be able to get the A-plus if there was an associating like verbal presentation, which it seems like there was, but also there kind of was not. It seems like that was what Gordo was going for, though. Because to be able everybody to... gets their grade before the verbal presentation. True. Which seems like a little bit of the wrong order. Wrong order. So Lizzie decides to go through with this plan, this scheme, put her name on Gordo's brain to see what happens, to see if she will get the A+. Gordo shows her how the brain works. Um, you have to sort of press one section at a time. And it'll light up, but you can't have more than one section lit up at a time. Otherwise, it'll overheat. Lizzie says, what happens if it overheats? Gordo does not know, but assumes that it can't be good. It's not. It's not. Um, But in class, so now we're back in class, Mr. Pettis is going around. He is just, um, you think he's just taking a first look at these projects, but he's actually like, grading them as he's looking like he just walks around he's like you this is an a plus project lizzie (laughs) mcguire like just yells it out to the entire class i mean that's consistent with what we've seen as far as the grading policy at the school goes either teachers are just yelling it out there or they're posting it in the hallway for everybody to see it's very um a public display of Everybody must know everybody's grades. It's like the exact opposite of Sarah Lawrence College. (laughs) (laughs) So Mr. Pettis is just gushing over Lizzie's, you know, in quotation marks, project. Meanwhile, Lizzie's actual project that Gordo turns in gets a C. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a B minus project. Yeah, well, Lizzie would say it's a B. It's not a great project. So Mr. Pettis is very impressed with Lizzie's brain. He calls it her best work by far and asks her if she has an aspiring career in neurology to which 
Yeah, this sets Gordo off. Gordo is not happy. Gordo, Gordo is pissed. He can not handle the praise being directed at Lizzie for his work. Absolutely not. And we're going to play the clip. Are you considering a career in neurology? 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 How about cosmetology? This brain is mine. Mine, 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 mine. I built it every lobe, every fissure. Me, yo, moi, while everyone else was at the water park trading Beanie Babies, I was slaving away like Igor, and I can prove it. If you touch this button, the temporal lobe lights up. See, the temporal lobe controls your sense of hearing. I have great hearing. I know this because I'm the only one in this class who hears your lectures. Now hold on. And this one turns on the occipital lobe. The occipital lobe controls your sense of sight. Because of this lobe, you saw someone else's name on my project and gave away my A-plus to Madge the cosmetologist over there. <gasps> hey! And this area is the frontal lobe. The frontal lobe controls higher intellectual functions and reasoning. For example, right now, my frontal lobe is telling me that I'm getting the shaft in this class, that I'm not getting the grades I deserve. It's telling me that the man is trying to keep me down and that everyone is against me. Your brain is heating up. No, not your brain, your brain model. Oh, that's, that's probably because I, I didn't have a big enough capacitor and uh, all the lobes aren't supposed to be on at the same time. And then the brain explodes. Gordo says that he doesn't want the man to keep him down. You know who he sounds like in that moment? Ethan Kraft. <laughs> Don't let the man keep you down. <laughs> what been man? Out with, been hanging out with Ethan too much. Clearly. Yeah. Oof, Gordo. What a moment, though, from Gordo. What a, what a soliloquy he goes on. I know. And, like, a part of me feels for him. Because one time, a man kept me down. <laughs> A man kept you down? It was actually a woman, but... Yeah, I wonder what he thinks the outcome of this will be. Like, does he think this will go well? I don't does he think, think this will work for of, him? I don't think he's thinking of an outcome. I think he just snaps. He snaps. His brain snaps. His his model brain snaps. Everything snaps. I love... Um, you, you wouldn't know this just from the audio, but I love when Mr. Pettis says, your brain is heating up, and Gordo touches his own forehead... So at that moment, Pettis says, everybody out, except for Gordo. You stay behind. And then he tells Lizzie he sees her plagiarizing. Yeah, we'll talk about your plagiarism later. To which Lizzie's like, plagiarism? What? <laughs> Girl, you did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so everybody leaves. Lizzie and Miranda immediately try to eavesdrop, but they can't hear through the door. So they attempt to, I mean... Maybe if Miranda starts training to be a Navy SEAL, she'll be able to get Lizzie up to that to that window above the door, so she'll be able to see. Yeah, Lizzie asks Miranda for a boost so she can see in the glass window pane above the door. I, for one, am very impressed by Miranda's strength in this moment. I would not be able to hold another person in my own two hands. That's true. Maybe the career aptitude test <laughs> saw that potential. Like she's literally in holding her upper her, body strength, holding her by her feet. I mean, she drops her a couple of times, but that's Lizzie's fault. Miranda should have tried out for cheerleading. Correct. She could Great have base. Been an excellent base. <laughs> Great base. Yeah. Um, inside the classroom, Gordo and Mr. Pettis kind of hash it out, and Gordo admits that he only concocted the scheme to prove that Mr. Pettis wouldn't give Gordo a fair grade. Yeah, to which Mr. Pettis responds, he, he's only been giving Gordo bees to keep him motivated. Like, who made Mr. Pettis God in this situation? Okay, and this is where, can I chime in with a personal story? <laughs> you seem to be dying to, so <laughs> sure. Well, I just, I feel for Gordo because I went through a very similar experience as a very type A grade-oriented child where a teacher took it upon themselves to lower my grade to prove a point. And, like, that's not your job as a teacher. Like, your job is, like, it's just, again, like, who who made Mr. Pettis God? Like, who? Yeah, and I would actually argue that I think it's been proven again and again that a punishment is not as motivating as a reward. Yeah. So, like, if you want to keep motivating someone... For their good work, you would just give them the grade that they deserve. 
Like if you want to motivate an employee, you're not going <laughs> to, you're not going to take away their salary. You're going to give them more salary. Yeah. And like if, if Gordo's naturally good at science and is capable of quote unquote coasting, let him coast. Yeah. He's- like it's literally n- no skin off your back. Like, Sorry, I do not agree with Mr. Pettis's philosophy here. Yeah, he's doing a, he's doing super individualized study. Yeah, and like who's got time for that? <laughs> no one's got time for that. But maybe, you know, Mr. Pettis is just looking for a reason to feel important because his career aptitude test told him that he was destined to be a rodeo clown. Rough. <laughs> just another point that People have been using the career aptitude test to haze students for decades. <laughs> this is officially a conspiracy theory, and I'm here for it. But Mr. Pettis does say that Gordo has extraordinary potential, and he wants Gordo to keep reaching for it. And ultimately, he knows an A-plus project when he sees it, and despite the explosion, Gordo's brain is still an A-plus brain. Yeah, so it seems like they come to kind of an understanding. Yeah, and he also, you know, assures Gordo through his, you know, whole rodeo clown spiel that these career aptitude tests don't mean anything. Like, you're not supposed to take them at face value. Because <laughs> because it's all a prank. <laughs> no. I mean, yes, but no. So Gordo comes out of the classroom. Lizzie falls on her back again. And they, they actually both fall at this point. And then they're just like looking up at Gordo from the floor. Gordo says that his lobes hurt, which I liked that. Keeping on with the brain content. <laughs> yep. And he feels good coming out of that conversation. He, you know, it's like, I'm not going to be a blackjack dealer. You're not going to be a cosmetologist. That's not what this career placement test is. It's just, we're supposed to be trying out a lot of stuff right now and figuring it out. That's okay. But Miranda will become a Navy SEAL. <laughs> Miranda will become. 100%. But Miranda will become a SEAL. She will become SEAL himself. <laughs> Wants to be a singer. <laughs> she, she does want to become a singer. What if she became SEAL's backup singer? That would be really full circle. It would all come full circle. It would all come together. <laughs> oh, my God. Please tell me that this happens in the uh, movie. And then finally, we are at the end of quite an episode we're back at the house. The M-Dog story concludes. Um, he is, in fact, wearing his do-rag at dinner, which is gross. And his parents are fully playing along in their um, DD and Mew Mew plan, not responding when Matt calls them mom or dad. And Matt quickly realizes that this is not something he wants to move forward with. So he has something to say. And he asks his parents that if he takes back his own name, can he just call them mom and dad again? To which they agree. At last, this story is over. Thank God. Yeah, Lizzie kind of frames it as a good parent moment with the logic that, you know, they respected Matt's individuality and let, it, and let him come to his own conclusion while being blissfully clueless that they had any influence in that yeah which we have established we disagree with like correct the issue is matt doesn't know that he did something wrong Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. been there done that moving on moving on that is the conclusion of episode 106 jack of all trades i would say c episode if we're, you know, we're you so call fo- it a DD episode. <laughs> eh, C minus. C minus episode. If we're so focused on grades right now. Yeah. Borderline D plus. I don't know. How does the math work on this? If the math stuff was a full F, but I just, the Gordo stuff resonated with me. So that would be more of like a B plus, A minus. So combined, it's a below average episode. I agree. Do we have any... More outfits that we would like to talk about? Yeah, so we've already talked to Matt's um, outfit. We're over, Matt. We are, done with, we are done with M-Dog in this episode. Yeah, he's got some work to do to kind of redeem himself in these next couple episodes. Yeah, I will say his name no more. But the first outfit that I'd like to talk, to, uh, talk about is Lizzie McGuire's outfit 
in kind of the beginning of the episode where she just has a lot going on. Mixing prints in 2001. Yeah. Can you walk us through this? Because I don't even know where to look. <laughs> can, can I? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> um, so she's wearing a half sleeve shirt with a blue based print. I don't really know what the design is supposed to be. It kind of looks like the sun from the CBS morning show. Kind of, but it's like a really <laughs> sad sun because it's like brown. Yeah, and it does kind of look like it's frowning. Yeah. And then the sleeves are kind of like stripes. And it's like this this sort of like thick blocked pattern. Yeah, okay. We don't like the shirt. Let's move on to the pants. Um, the <laughs> pants are green-based. Um, They're amoeba pants. Let's just call them what they are. There's little amoebas all over the pants. I'm trying to figure out if there's, that's supposed to be an animal. Nope, it's an amoeba. It kind of looks like a koala. A koala? Like right there, like that one? It has a face. Oh, maybe, you're, maybe you're right. I think she's wearing koala print pants. But why are the koalas green? I don't know. It This totally clashes. This is not a good look. At least her hair is very, um, like counterbalances it. It's like a nice straightened look, the bangs. So I have something that I want to show you about this particular outfit. Are you ready? I'm ready. So that happened roughly like three minutes into the episode. And then it's a new day, right? So other stuff happens. Lizzie has a different outfit. Now I want to fast forward to the end of the episode. New day. We're now at, I guess, I'll just fast forward to this point. It's like 19 minutes into the episode. And... Lizzie McGuire is an outfit repeater. She's repeated her outfit within the same episode. Miranda too. And it's only been like two or three days. Yeah. This is like day three. It's like this outfit, different outfit, this outfit again. Like how much does she like this outfit? Wow. <laughs> and you said Miranda's wearing the same outfit too, right? Yes. Oh, so everybody's an outfit repeater. So there's clearly just like an error in, uh, well- no, because Gordo is wearing a Gordo's different outfit. Gordo's in a different outfit. Oh, my God. But Lizzie and Miranda... Lizzie and Miranda are outfit repeaters. Are outfit repeaters. Not only are they outfit repeaters, but they've coordinated their outfit repeating <laughs> so that it happens on the same day. This is truly... I am a ghost. Is this a production fail? I would imagine this is this is a costuming error. <laughs> been a while since i had to pull out the trombone <laughs> we pulled out the trombone a lot in like episode one can't believe that here we are pulling out the trombone again wow this is this is just a lot to process can i just say i i i flashed to a random point in the episode and there's a sign in the background that just says fight fight <laughs> <laughs> go win but fight fight are like huge <laughs> yeah fight 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 Encouraging uh, violence, 2001. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Got to love it. All right. Um, and I think... I'm not sure if I have any other... What else is there to say after we've uncovered our first outfit repeating incident? I don't know. I mean, considering that they've repeated their outfits, how much is there to talk about? The other outfits are all kind of like, you know, pretty muted. Wait, I'm really confused. She's wearing a different outfit when they pass in, when they are in the hallway with their brains. Correct. And then what happens? And then... So here... The brain. It's the beginning of the day. I guess... All right. Oh, wow. You're right. So they changed their outfits back <laughs> to the original outfits from the first day. Um, yeah. All right. So here's the beginning of the day. And Lizzie has like an orange shirt and jeans. Uh, Miranda has kind of like a green... Like an olive, olive green, green shirt and some pants with a pattern on it. Gordo has a blue shirt and a white button down over it. And so they're wearing this. And, and then, then they get to science class. And they're in completely different clothes. Wow. So this is just a costume fail. No, actually, I think this does make sense, right? Because they wouldn't get their projects graded on the same day that they turned it in. So this must be a different day. I guess, but like there's... this is one like that whole that all happens in one day and that's the day that they turn in the projects. 
and this is the day that they get the projects back. So this is a different day. It just happens very close together. It's just so weird that checks cut. out that the that they're getting their projects back on a different day. But it doesn't. Okay, but it doesn't so, check out so that Lizzie and Miranda both have matching outfits to the first day. <laughs> so it's a day four, not day three. But they are still outfit repeaters. They are definitely still outfit repeaters. Gordo is not. Gordo has uh, changed his outfit. Good job, Gordo. Good job, Gordo. The only person not to be an outfit repeater. I think those are our outfits for the day. Although one more thing, I know I I, I know I made fun of the platform sandals, but here's Lizzie McGuire actually wearing platform sandals told you they were a thing they're like bright blue mm-hmm. interesting look actually now that we've zoomed in close to the pants i don't think it's a koala is it an owl i don't think it's an animal it has eyes it doesn't have eyes it's just a design those are eyes where i the, this eye. and like a beak in the middle it's not a beak it's, it's an like... owl it's an owl i just want to be done with this <laughs> finally We've made it to MVPs. It's going to be a tough episode. Yep. Who uh, who goes first this time? Is it your turn to go first? I can go first. Did I go first on the... I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember. I can go first. I think it's got to be Gordo, right? I mean, it's slim pickings, but this episode is really all about Gordo and his insecurity. So I just think it has to be Gordo. And I mean, process of elimination, I guess you could go Miranda, but I just... Miranda needs to have more ambition for me. And the fact that she doesn't understand what a Navy SEAL is is a minor uh, minus for her. So, yeah, I think Gordo is the MVP of this episode. He makes a cool brain project. He's able to reconcile with Mr. Pettis after putting a dead frog, or I guess an alive frog that dies into his pocket. So I think Gordo, yeah, Gordo's the MVP of this episode. Not really close for me. Yeah, I... I agree with that. There really is not another choice here. And even Gordo is kind of like a, a reluctant pick. Yeah, because he has some like judgy, shamey moments. You know, on the one hand, I'm really frustrated with Mr. Pettis and his hyper-individualized teaching philosophy. But on the other hand, Gordo's insistence that there's no way that he could be the problem is also not great. Not great. But he's the star of this episode. He does the work. He deserves the A's. We're giving it to you this time, Gordo. And just like that, Gordo hops into a three-way tie now with Lizzie and Joe. Wow. Who will be the MVP of this show? It's anybody's game. It's anybody's (laughs) game with 60 episodes to go. (laughs) Don't hold your breath because you will die. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at this rate, it might not be Lizzie McGuire. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fully prepared for that outcome. (laughs) Me too. And there you have it. Episode 106, Jack of All Trades. Not very many highs, very low lows, but we made it through and we are moving on to one of the more iconic episodes in Lizzie McGuire history because next week... Episode 107, here comes Aaron Carter. Can't wait. I can't wait. Aaron Carter. Oh, it's such a good episode. Wow. I want candy. Until then, you can follow us along as always at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. I am at Marissa Cantor. Sam is at Sir Sam Chung. Thoughts, questions, commentary. Let us know what you think. Yeah, get those Aaron Carter questions in before we record the next episode. Please do. We would love to have a Q&A portion of this podcast. Yep. If you're curious about seeing the outfit that Lizzie repeated at the beginning <laughs> and end of this episode, uh, that will be on the show page at www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters, as well as the other outfits that we talked about today. Until next time, I'm Marissa Cantor. I'm Sam Chong. And thank you for listening to The Outfit Repeaters. Mm-hmm.